Hello and welcome to episode 80 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And we've got Buku new sets to talk about. Yeah, a little bit of everything. We're going to touch on a little bit of Jumpstart because we played some Jumpstart over the weekend. We're going to dip our toes in Double Masters a little bit, talk about a little bit about what's going on. And then we're going to run over to Historic and talk about some Historic lists, I think. Yeah. In, so, in the middle, we got a couple listener questions. Yeah, we got a little bit of everything for you. So yeah. if you want to get at us on Twitter, you can find us at Casual Tripod. Yep. If you want to find us on Facebook, either send us a post or shoot us a message, you can do that at Casual Tryhard MTG. You can also throw us an email, show at casualtryhardmtg.com. I check our email pretty frequently. That's where one of these questions came from. So you can hit us up there. Don't forget about our TCG Player affiliate link if you're looking to pick up any singles. They got some of the best prices around. Now that the stores are opening back up a little bit, the inventory seems to be getting a little bit better. There's a lot of kind of bargain basement prices on Core 21 right now that I don't know how long they're going to last for. Keep in mind that uh, Core 21 is going to be legal and standard all of next year, basically. So at some point we will get back into stores and some of these cards may get kind of spiky because the product's not really being opened right now. Yeah. You can pick up, you know, your singles for Core 21 through TCG Player. Uh, If you use our affiliate link, anything you purchase after following that link, we'll get a very small percentage of to help cover our overhead a little bit. If you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do that at patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG. Every buck helps. You also get uh, access to some exclusive content. We do a pre-show that we typically post up on Tuesdays there. It's kind of just ramblings. We don't get to see each other that often with you know, the state of the world right now. So we kind of catch up and talk about the show a little bit before we start recording. So if you want to be privy to that, you can uh, check that out as a Patreon perk. I'm going to apologize, I guess, in the past, technically, because you listen to this after you listen to the pre-show. For our pre-show, we had some audio issues. Hopefully those are straightened out now and you can hear my my lovely voice. I Um, see you being recorded, so we are good now. Okay, good. Uh, We also have a YouTube channel. We really haven't put too much out there, um, but it is a place where you can find our podcast. And when we do have a chance to, you know, record some videos or whatever, it's probably not going to be anytime soon. We're both pretty busy right now. You can do that on a YouTube channel, Casual Tryhard MTG. And don't forget about our Discord. There should be a link in the description. There's also a pinned tweet on Twitter and a link on our Facebook and that's kind of how we, you know, touch base with everybody all at once quickly. So hop on over to Discord and check us out there. Yeah. We've got, um, I guess, first up, they've started spoiling Double Masters. Yeah, uh, just started today, right? Yeah. There are some interesting cards. We are still in the phase of them spoiling the really good cards. Mm-hmm. And they always do that first, I think, to kind of like drive pre-orders. Yeah, but so they're they're uh, spoiling the super desirable cards, but mm-hmm. over the last I don't know, uh, like week maybe three or four days, I've seen a couple videos, uh, one by Pleasant Kenobi and one by the Professor about the price of the VIP boosters. Um, right. we had um had inklings. That they were going to be $100 a pack, but, like, something happened in the last week to, like, make it official? Well, that I was, think like, they, the price. they went up for pre-sale on Amazon. Okay. 
And when I first heard they were $100, you know, when it was just mm-hmm. a rumor, I was like, well, this this sounds like, I don't know, disrespectful. This is like <laughs> an affront to me as a human being. Yeah. And so I thought we'd take some time to talk about the contents of the VIP uh, Double Masters boosters, what you're going to get, and, uh, you know, if we think that is going to be a reasonable value. Sure. For so you want to talk about what's in the pack first? Yeah. So I have the list of contents of what's going to be in a booster pack. You'll have two foil showcase rares or mythics. Now they're doing the showcase cards like they did in Core 21. Uh, not like the actual showcase cards, but like Scavenging Ooze and Cultivate, where it's like a borderless full art, like alternate art kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so there'll be two of those in foil. It can be rares or mythics. There will be two foil rare or mythic, eight foil uncommon, nine foil common, 12 full art basic lands. Now, these are broken down into two, three categories, I think. You're going to have two basic lands that are foil. You're going to have five basic lands that are full art Zendikar or battle for Zendikar. And you'll have five full art lands that are like reimagined unhinged lands. I think they're just the like John Avon unhinged lands. Like they look exactly the the same. No, I think the border's different. I think these, these are like actual borderless instead of having a black border on them. Oh, okay. Okay, I did not notice that when I was looking at them, but they look okay. Yeah, I guess they are borderless, but they look pretty much like the. Yeah, I mean it's the same art. It's the same art, yeah. And then you'll have two foil double-sided tokens. Okay. First, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Did you see the announcement they made today? I did not. I was kind of busy today at work. Yeah, they uh, for the two foil showcase rares or mythics. Yeah. They would like to hit you with a big oops. There are eight non-rares and mythics in that slot. Uh, Okay, so these are also going to be like the Tron lands and expedition map? The Tron lands and expedition map. Okay. So there are four that have been spoiled that Mm -hmm. are not rares or mythics. I mean, that's fine though, right? Yeah, for... Like like those uh, borderless alt-art foil Tron lands are going to be probably worth more than like some of the bulk rares, I would imagine. Yeah, like what they did, I don't know if you noticed this with Cultivate in M21. Cultivate's mm-hmm. an uncommon in this set, but if you get the full art borderless version, it has a rare symbol on it. Yeah, so, so it's on the rare sheet. Yeah, so the so like Expedition Map has a rare set symbol Okay. on the, on the full art version, and the Tron lands do as well. Yeah. They're either on a different they're on a different sheet or whatever, yeah. but yeah, they they aren't all rares and mythics, but you know, whatever. They're oh, right, but like you'd rather get uh alt art, you know, borderless Urza's Tower than an alt art borderless I don't know, something else that was spoiled today that's not very good. Sculpting steel, right? Sun Sunforger? Uh that one actually might be worth money. That's a popular EDH card. Lux okay. Cannon. Lux Cannon, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, so there was just a little change there that they mm-hmm. wanted to clarify. They were like, yeah, oops, our bad. It's like, how do you yeah. make these mistakes? So I've told you 
and what what we have these on here is like mm-hmm. I feel like the EV on this is like just going to be awful. And I said EV and maybe I misspoke. Like okay. I can't imagine paying a hundred dollars mm-hmm. and maybe opening forty dollars worth of stuff. Right. Right? So you're going to open $40 worth of stuff sometimes, or you're going to open $300 worth of stuff sometimes. Right. Right? And, like, that's just such a big, like, it's such a big swing Mm -hmm. that, right, like, if you open three packs and you just get three god-awful packs and you spent $300 on Mm -hmm. $150 worth of stuff it would have just been better for you to just buy the singles. Yeah. Like this seems like a product that is not one that people should be buying and cracking. No, absolutely not. Well, I mean, it depends how you're going to do it. And I think like exactly what you just said is exactly the case. I don't know that you can look at this as a hundred dollar booster pack. I think you have to look at it as a $400 box. Yeah, but even then, like, your sample size is pretty small. Right, but you've only got to hit once. True. I, I, I Like, the so far, and it depends what we're going to see in the rest of the set, but so far, like, these hits are huge. Like, that doubling season is going to be $100, $150 at least. Uh, Mana Crypt's going to probably be four or $500. Uh, Mind Sculptor, you know what I mean? Like, these are huge hits. They are. And with the price point this high, people aren't just going to be cracking them willy nilly. You know, it's a lot harder. It's a lot easier to come up with 25 bucks. Like maybe, you know, maybe you skip lunch a couple of days a week and, you know, you can afford one at your FNM. Whereas, you know, for a hundred dollars, like that's something you got to put money away for. That's not something you can just skip lunch a couple of days and, you know, go buy a VIP master's pack to crack. Yeah. So I think in general, there's going to be a lot less of these cards out there. And for the most part, like all of these cards see play somewhere, or at least all the ones that they have spoiled so far have had high prices and see play somewhere. And they're all cards that people would want to pimp out. So I think that these are going to be expensive. And like I said, you know, you buy a $400 box. I I understand it's only four packs, but if you hit once and have one mediocre pack and then two duds, like you're still making money. Yeah. I feel like, what might end up happening is this might be a product that the channel fireballs and star cities of the world just open, just open. Because if you can open a hundred of these, that's true. Right. If you're you, buying them for, you know, $76 a pack or $80 a pack instead of a hundred. Yeah. But if you're, but if you're buying, so you get them on a little bit of discount cause you're getting them at like, you know, whatever the, the, the retailer price is. But if you open, enough of them you spread that risk out and you actually get that like ev Mm -hmm. that you're supposed to get on a pack right yeah and that that was kind of my point where like you had mentioned you know it's a pack and if you miss you're just out a hundred dollars but like i I think that's exactly the issue is you can't just open one and i think you're 100 percent dead on the money people that can open a bunch of them are going to come out ahead and yeah, I mean, that makes sense that it would be, you know, Star City, uh, Channel Fireball, places like that that have, you know, the capital and the means to move the cards. Yeah, because like I thinking about like 
RLGS. Yeah. How many of these could like he realistically order? Like just using RLGS as like a stand-in for a typical yeah. LGS in I don't know a middle class area. Yeah. Right. Uh, like maybe a couple you, boxes. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you get like you know one four pack. Yeah. And you see if that sells. Yeah. You call Jesse. Tell Jesse to come down. Yeah, and tell him you're gonna play pack poker with him. <laughs> um, but yeah, you like I don't see how you can get more than that. Like, cause like you know. Yeah. You know, it's not like game stores right now are flush with cash to like right. they can buy, you know, 12 of these and get stuck with 10 of them for a while. Yeah, and absolutely then have, not. And then have to be like, well, I'm going to open these and hope that I hit and then mm-hmm. have like a means to move this relatively quickly. Yeah. So, yeah, I just I don't know. I just think that the swings are going to be too big and some of the stuff like depending on what the foil commons and uncommons are, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be foils. There's going to be two foils in every double masters pack. I think that that takes the value of the foil uncommons and the foil commons and kind of drives yeah, them probably. down substantially. Yeah. Because you're getting two of those every pack. Right. And or these are $15 a pack or 18 or something. So they're not too far out of the realm of where previous masters products have been. Yeah. Right. And like usually the foil commons and uncommons in those are relatively cheap. Mm-hmm. Now you're doubling the number of commons and uncommons plus, plus however many the boosters. plus the VIP boosters. Yeah. And the and then the basic lands mm-hmm. like how much is the battle for Zendikar full art land? They're like a quarter. Oh nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Um, Fifty cents, maybe. Yeah, maybe if you're if you're lucky. My seven hundred count long box full of them is sad, but this is where we are in the world. Yeah. Um, the John Avon lands are expensive because they're from a low print set, and I'm assuming. Um, I don't even think they're that expensive anymore. Yeah, they might not be, but yeah. They they were for a while because I want to say they're only like three or four bucks. Okay, well that's way the foils are expensive though. Yeah, foils are really expensive. Yeah, they're like fifty dollars or something, right? Like, but those full art lands will go down if everyone basically gets everyone every VIP booster gives you one of each of them, right? Because if yeah. you're getting if you're getting five uh, Return to Zendikar or Battle for Zendikar and five of the other ones, I would assume it's just one of each. Uh, Probably. One, one of each, and then you get a foil of each. Right? It's yeah. like a foil return to return to Zendikar is like $5? Yeah, maybe. maybe. So, like, there's... Yeah, the, uh, the unhinged lands are somewhere between, like, 2 and $4 a piece. Yeah, so, like, there's not going to be a ton of value in the lands, right? Yeah. And then, like, the double-sided token is basically, like, not a thing. Right. So, like, you really just have to hit on your, really on your showcase stuff. Because I think that, like, your rare, your foil rares and mythics aren't going to be that valuable. No. I know that is, I know this is going to be different than, um, like, Core 21. But, like, right. you went to go buy scavenging oozes. 
And you were like, oh, man, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to spend $40 for this full art foil scavenging goose. And it was $6 or yeah. $8 or whatever it was. It was nothing like you thought it was. And, like, I think right. there's there's the EV that, like, everyone's expecting based on, like, before stuff's printed and mm-hmm. things. But, you know, how many cards are actually moving? I mean, like, with the state of the world and the fact mm-hmm. that, like, Wizards has basically said we're not playing Paper Magic until, or in, in a sanctioned October. sense, until, you know, October, I think. October at the earliest. And there's not going right. to be any, like, large organized events. I said I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't have any, you know, big events in 2021 either. Yeah. So, like, you know, you're really leaning on commander players to be, like, like peak degenerates. Right. To be like, oh, my God, I have to buy that card. Just consume all of the stuff. Yeah, I have to pay $70 for this. And someone to be like, when are you going to use that card? I I don't know. I I just have to have it to, like, drive the prices. I just worry that we're going to... They're gonna put out this product, and mm-hmm. it's people are gonna like spend a hundred dollars and just like set it on fire. Yeah, because like how many like think of all the like regular masters packs that you've bought that you just open a fifty cent bulk rare. Oh yeah, that you spent fifteen dollars and you got a fifty cent bulk rare. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like a running joke when you go to like a GP or something, right? You go visit a vendor that's got packs for sale. And every single one of them have a sign like on the top of the, you know, box of whatever masters that says, you know, if you open Tree of Redemption, we will give you a free pack. If you open Comet Storm, we will give you a free pack. Yeah. And so, you know, there's only like, there are only like, let's say four or five money cards. Yeah. Like really, truly get your $100 back cards, right? Like if you don't hit one, like, and also like- there's the full art Karn. We've got to take a second here, right? Sure. You we would think about Mr. Freeze. You would think, ooh, full art Karn. That card's got to be worth yeah. something. Have you ever seen? Where's the deep cut? Uh, a few years ago, I forget what the name of the painting was, but some nun was restoring a painting from the Renaissance, and she okay. had like no training. Yeah. And Jesus just looked like giant and deformed when she was no, done. I don't recall seeing that. That's Karn. It was like someone yeah. was like, he just looked so weird. Or there's he like does look super weird. It and so like I don't know how many people are gonna look at that art of Karn and go like, I want that nightmare staring back at me on turn three. The uh, the only thing that it has going for it. I mean, I don't like the art. I think the art's terrible, but I am going to defend it just a little bit because I just noticed that it's uh, Mark Tiedon that did the art. Okay. He was like one of the original magic artists. So he's been drawing car- drawing art for magic cards for 26, 27 years now, whatever. And I think like people might want it just for nostalgic value. Or I guess maybe every time you uh, cast it, you can be like, chill out. Like your Schwarzenegger <laughs> from that Batman movie where he's, where he is literally Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Time to put you on ice. Because it, oh. is, it is nightmare fuel, people. If you haven't seen it, go look at it, and you'll be like, oh. Yeah. 
I also, I really do like the new artwork for the Urza lands. Yeah, and I, it is like a panorama that goes into Karn, which is kind of cool too. I would be cool with my full art Urza lands going into Karn with no, with old school Karn <laughs> with no pants. And I feel yeah. all right. And if someone was like, hey, why don't you have the other Karn? And I'd be like, hey, I want to sleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> like just, just pump the brakes here. <laughs> um so I guess like unless you like love to gamble, I don't think the VIP booster product is probably for you. You're not wrong. I I definitely don't think it's going to be as accessible or should be as accessible as like the collector boosters are. I know like I wouldn't feel bad, you know, showing up to an F and M and, you know, buying a collector booster or whatever, just, you know, support the store, try and pull something cool. You never know what you're gonna get, kind of thing. Yeah. I definitely don't see myself showing up to F and M and, you know, buying a VIP edition hundred dollar booster pack. I think that's a little insane. It so is so I think like you just hit it right on the head is maybe it's not for you. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's okay, I guess. Like, it's, I'm not going to lose sleep because there's something that wasn't designed for me. Like, I, yeah. I don't buy bikinis either. And yeah. I'm, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> Thank you for not buying bikinis. Like, that would be like, <laughs> c- come back from a long day at a GP and just find Carson in his <laughs> bikini in the room. Huh. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Um, I guess my thing is, is like, I don't know who these are for. Right, like I know there's like the mythical like whale, mm-hmm. right? Like I should be that person, right? Like based on like my my household income, I can't right. imagine doing that, right? You know what I mean? Like I just can't, especially on the heels of, hey, here's core twenty one, yeah. Hey, here's Jumpstart, <gasps> right? Hey. Here was Ikoria a month and a half before that. Yeah, Ikoria a month and a half before that. Hey, on Arena is going to be Amonkhet remastered in two weeks. Yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah. And then, like, it's like, yeah, Wizards, I only have right. so many dollars. And, yeah, like, the brakes. yeah, I've got to, I don't know, I've got to keep a house to put these cards in. Right. Now, I'm, like you said, like, I'm not as, like, you know, Kenobi and the professor were pretty heated about this product. I'm in the same boat as you are like cool. Yeah. This product is not for me. Like whatever. Like I'm mm-hmm. not going to like boycott magic because someone somewhere on the corporate side was like, what if we charged a hundred dollars? Yeah. Right. But I just don't know like what non store person mm-hmm. is buying these. So there is kind of another facet to this whole scenario that we haven't talked about. And I, I didn't watch the professor's video. I did watch part of uh, Vince's video, but I don't think he touched on this. And there is another issue with all of this that is kind of disheartening. And that is just with jumpstart and core 21 and the secret layers, there have been production issues like actually getting the product made and, you know, wrapped and distributed because of, you know, the pandemic situation. Somebody, I don't remember where I read it, but somebody had announced that Double Masters base set is getting allocations slashed because there's not enough product out there. 
Mm. However, the VIP boosters have not. So could it be like they printed the VIP boosters before or somewhere else? Yeah. And they had and so like maybe that artificially like raises the price of them. Well, another professor video today uh mm-hmm. about Jumpstart okay. and that since Jumpstart had like such a low lower than expected print run, right now boxes right. are $200 a piece. Wow. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, they're going to print to demand, so or it's an unlimited print run, so don't spend $200. Yeah. But then just showed all these pictures of mm-hmm. just just garbage print printed cards. Yeah, I did see some of the basics that were like double printed as like a mountain and an island. Yeah, the, like there was a Phyrexian swamp that like just didn't have like part of the colors. Oh, there really? was a Phyrexian Rager that was like, like it looked like maybe it was the blue wasn't in, there wasn't out of any blue ink. Oh. So like you had the black, but then there were just sections that were white hmm. that, that didn't get colored in. It reminded right. me of, do you remember how bad, um, was it Aether Kaladesh or Aether Revolt? Right. You'd, oh yeah. yeah you'd where open they were super a, washed out. Yeah. You'd open a pack and like, like three of the cards would be like, just they if they were supposed to go over it three times they went over it once yeah that was a lot of that where it just looked like really yeah. off so like that's not reassuring especially if you're spending $15 a pack yeah and if they're messed up or god forbid you spent $100 on a pack i guess this is where we can point out like you can contact wizards customer service mm-hmm. and go hey yeah my card is bad Yep. Here, look at it, and then throw it in the envelope and send it to them, and they will send you back a not screwed up one. Yeah, I've done that before. When uh, the expeditions came out, they had a problem with the machine that cut them, and like the knife was dull or whatever, and it would after it cut, it would flip like the corner or the side of it, and you'd have like a little tiny sliver of silver where it like flipped the foiling up. Yeah, and if you send them into wizards, you could get them replaced. And you can only do it for while those cards are in print. So, like, if you bought a card, you could then send it in. I've also, like, I think you did this right, where you would buy the ones that were messed up and then send them in for replacement. Yeah, I bought a bunch of them and then send them in for replacement. Yeah, so just keep that in mind if you do open a double masters pack and something's wrong or a jumpstart pack, you can get those cards fixed. Now, like. I think most of the Kaladesh cards that I got that were messed up, or if not, were like commons and uncommons. Yeah, most of them were garbage. Yeah, so it was like, I'm not going to, you know, worry about this, you know, mm-hmm. this, you know, renegade train or whatever the heck it was called. Right. Renegade freighter. Yes. And be like, oh man, I've got to send this in. But, you know, if it would have been, yeah. you know, a Chandra, like, okay, fine. Yeah. This gets us into some listener questions. Yeah, one of them was kind of related to Double Masters, so we're going to do that one first. And then we had a question that I think we talked about briefly, just mentioned that it was there last episode or the episode before, but didn't really go into it. So we're going to cover that one as well. So we had an email from Canyon today. I guess the email came through yesterday, but we're going to talk about it today. He says, 
I was recently watching a video discussing the price of Double Master VIP packs, and the topic of fetch lands was once again brought up, and I thought on Wizard's End, rather than printing fetch lands and risk making the product they've printed, they're printed in ultra hard to get, why not just ban fetch lands altogether, thus negating the need for a reprint? The problem is, is that fetch lands are really the backbone of two formats. Like right. modern and legacy, and you could argue that modern is, well, you can't really argue. Modern is the most popular non-rotating format in Magic, right? Yeah, N- not counting Commander, right? Commander is kind of its own right. thing, but but I mean, competitive even, format. Yeah, even still, like Fetchlands, I think if people could get their hands on them, would be a integral part of Commander. Yep. So. I think, you know, you're probably watching, it sounds like, sounds like you're watching a Pleasant Kenobi video, right? <laughs> and as, as he often brings up, he talks about like availability of the game pieces. Yeah. And like, these are just, they've become integral parts of integral game pieces and they've been around for a really long time. Like the first yeah. ones were Onslaught. Onslaught and then it was uh, the Zendikar yeah. are when they were printed. So Onslaught was... Almost Pre-2000, 20... right? Was it like 99 or 9? Something I think it was like 99. that. Right. They've been around for a long time, so they're just part of the game. Yeah. And so it seems really difficult to say we're banning these because we don't want to print them. Yeah. Right. They could have, you know, I don't know, put them in Jumpstart. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, then I think, you know, then it goes to this other point of, well, wouldn't that make Jumpstart really hard to get? Maybe, but if you're going to print it to demand, yeah, you just keep printing them. Yeah. And event- um, eventually people there, will get their fetch lands and then you'll be able to play the set. Yeah. There was a thing. Did you read the, I think it was Mark Rosewater's article today on Double Masters? No, I didn't see it. One of the things he did say in his article was there's a whole story behind why fetch lands are not in this set that he can't talk about right now, but he will talk about. Okay. So interesting. Whatever that, yeah. Whatever that means. Like, I kind of feel like maybe they're going to end up in the commander legend set or whatever it is. I have a feeling that they're, they're going to be in collector boosters of Zendikar. Okay. But like, that just I would feel awful that you like are opening standard legal packs, getting non-standard legal cards. Well, that's they're not going to be in normal boosters. Yeah, well, that's what I mean, though, right? But I mean, collector boosters are still standard packs. Well, I don't know. Were people pissed when they opened a priceless treasure in original Zendikar? No, I mean, I guess you can make that argument. I don't know. It just seems weird. Like for all the stuff they do for like new players or new or newer players, I guess collector yeah. boosters aren't supposed to be for them. Were were you upset when you opened a flooded strand in your Oath of the Gate or not Oath of the Gate Watch um Battle for Zendikar booster or Wasteland in your Oath of the Gate Watch booster? Uh, well, flooded strand was legal. Well, that's true. It was. Yeah, but so whatever Verdant Catacomb. Yeah. No. Or how about a Mox Opal in your Kaladesh booster? No. So yeah, I guess I guess that's kind of the, the same thing. thing. Yeah, I don't know. It just it just feels weird that they would put them there. Yeah. But well, I mean, it's a way where they can print a whole bunch of them because obviously collector boosters sell. 
They do, but they're but collector boosters are like a limited print run, so it kind of has the same issue that putting them in Modern Masters three. Yeah, like, but they're like quote limited print run has been getting bigger and bigger and bigger every time they do collector boosters. Yeah, I think that the solution to the problem is not to just get rid of fetch lands. It is to just print them in a way that they become available. Yeah, there's like there's two problems with just getting rid of fetch lands. Um, One from a gameplay perspective and one from a business perspective. We just talked about the gameplay perspective. You can't just ban them out of formats. So I guess there's actually three things. You can't just ban them out of formats because then you drastically change how the format operates. Um, The second thing that kind of goes hand in hand with that is all the people that are holding these, you know, $100 a piece fetch lands, like play sets of all of them are going to be kind of angry if they can't play with them anymore. Like I have like actual pages of my binder would be worthless that are, you know, currently thousands of dollars. (laughs) Well, I I turned all of my extra fetch lands because I had a bunch from drafting Battle for Zendikar. Yeah. Uh, in the um, uh, Mox uh, Diamonds. Yeah. Right. I just buy listed them at like fifteen or twenty dollars a piece, mm-hmm. and made them Mox Diamonds. Right. So like, yeah, like I would have been out if they if they banned them. I would have been out, like you know, a thousand dollars. Right. And so. you know what happens if they ban? the Zendikar ones that, you know, haven't had a great reprint. I mean, you're talking hundred dollars a piece for like scalding tarns, right? Yeah. So they ban all, all the fetch lands. You're out $400 in scalding tarns, $400 in verdant catacombs, you know, $5 for marsh flats or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean though? Black white burn. (laughs) You're, you're costing your players thousands of dollars by banning these out of a format. And that's probably something that people are going to be a lot angrier about than not being able to afford fetch lands. Yeah. The other part of that, as I mentioned, it's not a smart business decision. Like they have reprint equity, like whatever they put these fetch lands into, they are going to make a fortune on it. Even if it's a, you know, core set, which typically does not have cards, like values aren't there. They're, traditionally you know some of the least value of any of the normal set releases whatever if you put fetch lands in a core set you will sell a ton of that core set wherever they put these things they're going to sell massive amounts of that product if you ban them out of all of your formats you just shut yourself in the foot because you don't have that ace in your pocket oh you know we got to make our numbers bigger let's put fetch lands in this set you know what i mean yeah and that's that's something that people come to all the time is that, well, you know, they don't want to, like, burn their reprint equity. They can't put, they don't want to put this card and these cards in this set because it'll sell without them, so we'll save it for something else. And it, like, it keeps getting kicked down, and that's why, like, people are getting frustrated of, like, you've got to print these at some point. Well, right, but, I mean, that's the same reason why you don't just ban them, though. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I mean. Like you would give up your yeah. re- your reprint equity, but that's also yeah. an argument of why they haven't printed them, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard because they're not going to make a product that they don't think is going to sell, right? So then, if they're saying, "Well, we need to save our fetch lands so that have their high reprint equity for 
a product that we're not sure is going to sell, mm-hmm. then why are you making that product? Right. So then by that logic, you just never put them in a set. I'm sure that has something to do with it, but like you're to a point where they have to have a reprint. Like you can't really go much longer without them getting a reprint. Yeah. So I don't like they can't hold that forever. Like they're going to get reprinted in something, regardless if it's a bad set or a good set. Yeah, but I mean, they were printed in Modern Masters 3 and like the prices didn't move. Sure, they did. I mean, they've come back and then surpassed them since then, but they moved. But they they didn't move to a point where like they weren't like affordable. I don't know. I I picked up my Misty's for like $40 a piece. I thought that was pretty affordable. Yeah. I think that. A lot of people look at $40 a piece and go like, yeah, no, too rich for my blood. And like, if if you're looking at it on like, you know, uh, the magic scale, uh, yeah. Misty's were 80. Yeah. Now they're 40. Right. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you just look at it like as like a real world thing, like, oh, hey, I can spend this $40 on other thing. Why aren't Misty's $15? And like if they, there was a point when they were in, um, well not Misty's, but the other fetch lands when they were in Battle for Zendikar, which I think I yeah. called Return to Zendikar a few times, Battle for <laughs> Zendikar, they were fifteen dollars, yeah, for a while, yep. And like getting them in a set, in a standard legal set would do that, would bring the price down mm-hmm. substantially for at least a while, yeah. But the problem is, is that they don't want to have the fetch lands in standard. Yeah. Poor gameplay experience, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, this is kind of the time to do it. Like, everyone's just playing on Arena. They should have been in Ikoria. Yeah. Everyone's just playing on Arena. Like, great. Yeah. You don't have to worry about shuffling too much. And the only one to get played would be Misty, so it'd be fine. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, all the green and blue ones would get played. Fair, fair, fair. So, yeah, so they can't get rid of them for a number of reasons. And, you know, they they just need to bite the bullet and make a whole bunch of money. Yeah. Which, I mean, they kind of already did with the, like, ultimate edition. (laughs) Or whatever whatever it was, right? Where they were just like, hey, would you like to pay us... $200 a pop for this box that you're going to sell for if it comes to, well, no, I guess it went to just to local game stores. Yeah. It was just LGSs where they were selling them for like $300 or $400 a piece. Mm -hmm. They were like, you're basically paying full freight for your uh, fetch lands. Yeah. And it's like, it didn't really, I know it wasn't supposed to serve as like a reprint to bring down the price. Right. But it was also just kind of like a lot of people felt like it was like, you know, just poking them in the eye. Yeah. Like, yeah, we could really use Fetchlands. Cool. Here's a super exclusive limited print run product. <laughs> There's your Fetchland reprint. And it's like, no. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I might have a jaded perspective because I already have all my fetches. It's not like it doesn't really seem like that big a deal to me. I'm like, the same if they, way. If they reprinted fetches in a standard legal set or whatever, like, I mean, I'm not going to be angry. No. I would just sell my fetch lands that I open. Yeah. Like I, I mean, already have all my fetches, so. That's what I did with my um, shock lands. I was like, I I was buying yeah. the 
the commit not the commander decks the brawl decks and yep. just selling the fetch lands out of them like sell like three cards shock lands. yeah shock lands i'm sorry sell the shock lands yeah. like i already have all my shocks there's also an argument that if they were in a standard legal set i would just hold on to them right okay like you hold on to so them for two years and you're like oh scalding tarns are a hundred dollars again yeah i guess i have a bunch of scalding tarns now well i don't think they'd be a hundred dollars again i mean look at like uh Bloodstain Myers. Like, what's the price of Bloodstain Meyer? I'm going to say $30. Right. And what were they before the reprint? That I don't know. They, they were super expensive. So if they were printed standard legal, I don't know that they would you know, go back to even $60 or $70. I, I bet you they would stay around $30, $40 tops. Okay. Okay, they're they're not going to put them in a standard legal set. So no. I mean that's that's not an argument we can really have. They've yeah. already said that they are not going to do it. They have no reason to do it. They have plenty of reasons not to do it. And like I understand it. I played standard then. You played standard then. It wasn't great. It was better than this. Was it though? Maybe the end. Yeah. Like, like fetch when, land- when people realized that you could just do anything you wanted to, it got old real quick. And it, you know, we're, we weren't in arena time, so it took people a while to figure out you could literally just do whatever you wanted. But like, that, the mana was there. But that wasn't the... The fetch lands weren't the offender. It was the fact that they printed fetch lands into fetchable yeah. dual lands. Right. Yep. So you went fetch lands and siege rhinos. Fine. Mm-hmm. Then uh, you had the fetchable duels... Yep. And people weren't doing moist Abzan yet, right? I think it or was because stand- yeah, because standard was only like five sets or six yeah. sets at that point. But when yep. it got to like s- seven or eight sets, and you had more cards, mm-hmm. then that's when you got to like the weird like decks. I yeah. don't know. Like, I feel like you could have had your fetch lands plus no fetchable duels, and been fine. And been fine. Right, because like then it turns all of your fetch lands into fabled passages, or better fabled passages. Right, they come into play untapped. Right, right. So like, I don't think that that then leads to like just ridiculous decks of that are like five colors and you can do whatever you want. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. Like the reason that they don't want fetches is because they didn't like you know shuffling all the time. But like every deck's running for fabled passage, so what's it matter? Yeah. I mean, maybe you run more, but like if you're a blue white deck, like maybe you end up on four fabled passages and four flooded strands. Yeah. And like that's it. You're not going to run polluted deltas in your blue white deck. Right. Because you want, maybe it encourages you. Yeah, maybe it encourages you to be Esper at that point, but I don't think there's a huge difference between, you know four fabled passages and eight fabled passages in air quotes. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I think that like the fetch lands kind of died for the sins of the fetchable. fetchable yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. next, next question. Yeah. From Papa junior. Yeah. Papa. There was some other stuff at the end that I didn't copy, but yeah, Papa yeah. junior. Basically the, the question is, is there are like, you know, four basic archetypes uh, in magic, right? There's aggro, mid-range, control, and combo. Yep. And 
why can't I just build a mid-range deck? And I say, hey, I have 15 sideboard cards. I'm going to devote four cards to control, four mm-hmm. cards to aggro, four cards to combo, and three cards to be like my mid-range breakers. And right. then that be my sideboard. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't you just kind of look at it as, as that that simple? Or that that just like, I've got 15 sideboard cards. There are cards. There are four archetypes. Just split up the cards, and then I'm good. I feel like we just talked about this. I mean, it wasn't super recent, but it wasn't that long ago, right? Yeah. So, like a, a similar topic. Yeah. So uh, we've talked about before is that when you cyborg, you're trying to change your deck. Right. And you're trying to do, like, two things. You're trying to bring in cards that are good and take out cards that are bad. Right. Right, On this, in the simplest thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe against aggro, you have eight cards that are just awful. Right. Right? So Sometimes it, to get rid of those those awful cards, sometimes it's correct to bring in suboptimal cards that are better than awful. Yeah. Yeah, you, you want to bring in some less awful cards. You might have some cards right. that are specifically for aggro, but you right. want to bring in some less awful cards. So right. that leads you to wanting to have more flexible cards in your sideboard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for example, what is it? Is it Return to Nature? Mm-hmm. Uh, right? That card destroys an artifact, destroys an enchantment, or exiles a uh, a card from a graveyard. Right. Right? So it does... It's not just exile a card from a graveyard. It's not just artifact or enchantment. It does all those things. Mm-hmm. So it covers when you need to kill a wilderness reclamation. Right. And, and it also, also covers when your opponent's trying to, you know, bring back an Uro. Exactly. And so it gives you more options to do things. So right. that's one thing is like there's oftentimes there's just too many cards. So you need yeah. to have cards that are going to fill double duty. Yeah. And like specifically they wanted to know if they just build a mid-range deck, right? Well, typically mid-range decks have like a reasonable amount of removal in them, and those are all dead cards against control. Yeah. So like you if have... you've got three three eliminates and three heartless acts and three, I don't know, some some other removal spell, like those cards all just do nothing against your control opponent that's sitting on uh, new to fairy. Yeah, they they just don't do anything. So all those cards need to come out because if you ever draw one, it's just a dead card that will never have a target. Yeah, so they all have to leave, and so right. you have to have things to bring in. Yep. And also, like it's in standard, it's a little easier, mm-hmm. but to say that you're playing against a combo deck, right, is a super broad statement. Yeah, especially if you get back like into Legacy, where the combo decks are like vastly different from each other. Right, you have you need specific hate cards for each different combo deck. Right, so you know, using the Legacy example, you can be playing against Storm, which is a spell-based combo. Yep. Or you could be playing against Dredge or Reanimator, which is a graveyard-based combo. Or you You can can be playing against. Dark Depths. Which is a land-based combo. So to just say, like, I have four combo cards 
doesn't do enough. So if you're playing against Depths and you're white and you have swords to supply shares in your sideboard, those come in. They would have come in against an aggro or mid-range deck, mm-hmm. but they also come in against that combo deck. Right. Where against um, Storm, you wouldn't bring in sword. You'd have to have something specifically for spell-based combo. Like Thalia. Like you have Thalia or uh, Deafening Silence. Yep. Something like that. So, I mean, even in like Pioneer, so we just go back kind of like one step, right? There's Lotus Field and Kethis combo that rely on the graveyard and casting a bunch of spells. So right. there, and you have a murder that like doesn't fold like graveyard hate doesn't do anything to it. Yeah, makes their life easier sometimes. But right. those, but the first two decks, right? You could bring in damping damping sphere, mm-hmm. or you could bring in rest in peace or graft digger's cage. Right? Leyline of the void. Leyline of the void. Those all work against that those combo decks, but they don't do anything against Inverter. So there you need, like, hand disruption. Mm-hmm. And your hand disruption is also good against control decks a lot of times. Right, but your like, hand disruption is not great against the uh, the Breach and the um, Kethos combo because they, they rely on their graveyard stuff. Yeah, you're like, oh, they put it in my graveyard, I'll get it back at some point. Right, eventually. So, yeah. So... And then the same thing with, like, aggro, right? There's, like, if we use modern, for example, like, mm-hmm. Affinity is an aggro deck. Right. Right. When so is Infect. So is Infect. So is Burn. Right. Right? Like, maybe there's some overlap between Affinity and Infect in that they're kind of creature-based. Mm-hmm. But Burn can just lightning bolt you. Right? So while they do have creatures, they are more spell-focused than those other com- other decks. Yeah. So, right, you know, removal might be better against infected and, and affinity. Yep. And removal's fine against burn, but sometimes when a lot of people are playing burn, people had to play Dragon's Claw, which gains you a life every time someone casts a red spell. Yeah. Or not cor- something you're going to bring in against affinity or infect. Yeah. So, right, I think a lot of mid range decks. Their sideboard is 15 cards when they register the deck. Right. But there's the the maybe board where their actual sideboard is 50 cards. Yeah. And they're- yeah, I know I have a whole section of my staples box that's like Jun sideboard cards, and it is way more than 50 cards. Yeah, I have a ton of just depth sideboard cards, just yeah. things that I could see myself needing in depths depending on what the meta game looks like yep. is identifying what is one having flexible cards that can fill multiple roles mm-hmm. because you can't just have four aggro cards because you might need to bring in eight cards so you need right. cards that can be good against aggro and mid-range and or whatever right and mm-hmm. it's also knowing which 15 cards to bring Right. Right. And like that's where being tuned into what's going on in the metagame and mm-hmm. things like that really matter as opposed to just being like, well, I have four combo cards because if Kethis combo has been doing really well in Pioneer, you would have bring graveyard stuff. And like we said, if you if you're playing against Inverter, you want to have different cards. If everyone's playing Inverter, you need ways to break that up which are going to be right. different than the ways you need to break up 
Kethis combo. Mm-hmm. Like you have those big buckets of the archetypes. Yeah. Within each bucket, there's so much variety. Yep. It's um, kind of like your dice bag, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, there's dice in here. And it's like, oh, but there's a whole bunch of different dice. Right. And they're, they're all not, like in different little pockets. Yeah. They're not all the same. So, I mean, unless you're in standard. Did you see that thing I tweeted out? I don't know what event it was from. It might have been like day one of the Star City event. It was all teamer wreck. It was the first The first deck was mono red by Salty Dog. Yeah. Who only plays mountains. Yeah. And then I checked places two through 11 yeah. were teamer wreck or four color Ooh. reclamation. Oh, yeah. Is that, some, is that something new? Yeah. They put Teferi in it. They splashed oh. white for Teferi. Uh, yeah. And then um, I think the next five decks, I think three of them were some Reclamation and two were not Reclamation's deck. So basically 13 of the top 16 after day one were uh, playing Wilderness Reclamation and Expansion Explosion. Only till September. Only till September. Uh, Isn't that a song? Wake me up when September ends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Green Day. Green Day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, Ken just sent a message in the Discord that was just like, "What is Reclamation needs a ban?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And normally I would kind of push back, but I don't know. They've been so ban happy. Right. If they hadn't been banning stuff like every three months for like the last two years, <laughs> maybe I'd be like, you know what? No, we can work our way through this, but like. I think it's been pretty well shown that we can't work our way through Team Iraq. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's always, like, right after a ban, it's been, it's always been the deck that yeah. is there. Always, always, always. All right, so we played a lot of Jumpstart. We talked about Paper Jumpstart, but yep. we played Jumpstart in our on Arena. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the way they implemented it on Arena? So this was something I saw today that I hadn't thought about, right? So I was fine with the pay 400 gems, get two packs, right? Yeah, yeah, it was two packs and then two ICRs. Yeah, and it was, you had you could get two individual card rewards, you had to win two matches or two games, yeah. but there was no maximum number of losses, so you, right. could just, so you could just keep going. Yeah, keep jamming. There wasn't a deck that I didn't get two wins with. There were a few oh, decks. I, I had some. There were a few decks that I was like, this is trash, but hopefully someone will just concede, snap concede to me <laughs> or yeah. like they'll miss their third land drop. That was something yeah. I didn't like is because there was no like loss limit. Right. Like there were a lot of games you would get like, you know, two you know, a reasonable part of the game and your opponent would just be like, yeah, this is taking too long. I'm out. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, like you weren't losing. Like we were at parody. This might've turned out to be an interesting game. And they I bounced. Didn't, I didn't see a ton of that. I never, I don't think I ever got scooped too prematurely. Your three land thing was an issue that we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. But um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see too much of that. Yeah. I think I had, a, I had a couple times where like uh, my opponent would mulligan like once or twice and then just scoop. Oh. Like would just scoop on their mulligan. They would mulligan to six and if they didn't like their six, they would just go away. Yeah, I didn't see any of that. And either. I was like, oh, okay, cool. 
I did I did have a few decks that I could not get a win with. I think any time I selected the Phyrexian pack, I could not get a win. I never saw that pack. Oh, okay. Be, be glad. I saw, I saw it a bunch, and I never won with it. I thought archaeology was terrible. I, I saw that pack. I never picked it. So something that a lot of people complained about, and uh, Saffron Olive did a good video on it today, was so when you think, oh, hey, I get two packs, plus if I can get two wins, I get two rares from the set. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, what if you want four Allosaurus, whatever, Shepherds, right? Oh, yeah, that, that could take is, forever. That is, a, that is from one version of a... I do believe that is a mythic theme or not. Or is that an uncommon yeah, theme? Is it mythic? I'm not sure. There were two versions of it, so it might have been uncommon. Yeah. Right? But there, you know, there's no way to buy the cards from the store. So while you're spending... 200 gems on two car on two packs Mm -hmm. he pointed out you don't get your wild card progression right you normally if you open two packs yeah you get each pack is a sixth of a rare wild card and a 24th of a mythic wild card right well with this you didn't get that while you were oh you opened two packs but it didn't move your wild card progression at all yeah. So the only way you could get your Allosaurus rider, uh, Shepherds was you just had to jam games and hope you got the elf mm-hmm. one and hope that it was the right elves one. Right. And so he was saying, like, he's like, I spent $150 every set to just get all of the cards. Yeah. And he's like, I couldn't, he's like, I don't mind spending money, but I can't justify spending as much money as it would take for me to get all the cards I want from the set. Right. And he's like, basically what I have to, he's the only way I can do it is I have to buy packs of other sets that I already have. And then then use the wild. And then just use them from, for wild cards, which just, he's like, you know, is not reasonable. You're hemorrhaging money. Yeah. You're just throwing money away. Yeah. And so that was, I think, an issue. Like Emma Handy brought up the same thing. She said that she, you know, there's the historic arena championship thing mm-hmm. that she wanted to test for. You just have to go in and like spam the buy button, yeah. like do two events, uh, like open two packs, get two wins and just do it again and do it again and hope that you get the cards that you want. Yeah. I also was not super thrilled with the fact that so they made changes to the uh, the set where they brought in basically standard legal cards or cards that were already on Arena yeah. into the set, but they gave them the jumpstart set symbol. Right. So, you know, you have your, oh, what is the, gosh, what is the 3-4 Pegasus that whenever you cast an enchantment, you get a Pegasus? Arcana Sun's Grace. Arcana Sun's Grace. You have four from Theros. Yeah. Oh, well, now you have, you're working on uh, four more for Jumpstart. Yeah. Right? The cards that they just randomly put in Jumpstart, they could have just made their original set symbol. Yeah, so you didn't have to get four more. So you didn't have to get Um, four more. 
Like Woe Striders. I have seven Woe Striders right now. Yeah, Woe Striders, Scorching Dragonfires. Yeah, like the, familiar. Yeah, the things that were in M21 yeah. got the M21 set simple. Right. But the things that were in that were just kind of randomly thrown in Jumpstart didn't. <laughs> and that just kind of felt like, why, like, why are you doing this to us? Yeah. Because, like, think, like, if each of your Woe Striders was 20 gems, maybe you would have done an extra jump start. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? Or if your individual card reward wasn't a Woe Strider, maybe it would have been a card that you didn't have from Jumpstart. Oracle of Mooly Dooly. Oracle of Moldiah or whatever, right? Like, you could have got yeah. a card that you wanted. Right. But instead, they're just like, yo, ha- have this. Yeah. And also, like, so Saffron was talking about um, uh, Micaeus. Mm-hmm. He wants to play some green white, uh, green white counters deck, and he wants of Micaeus. He of course, right? Wants Micaeus. Yeah. Well, Micaeus comes in heavily armored. Heavily armored is a common theme. Oh yeah. So there are four of them. Right. And he only comes in one. So you've got to pick the heavily armored every single time and hope that it's in the seven packs you get to select from. You have the six and then packs. hope yeah. yeah, and then hope that the one that you picked was the one with him in it. Yeah. And yeah. so like like having a one in one hundred and twenty one chance yeah. of opening it, and I know that like, you know, whatever the the odds aren't quite there. But it's not great. Yeah. So just the fact that you couldn't just go in and buy a bunch of packs and have the duplicate protection. Right. And get your get your cards to play historic was I don't know why they wouldn't have done that. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure someone figured out that they're going to make more money this way. Yeah. But like also just let people like spend money how they want to spend money. Yeah. So I wish that wasn't that hadn't been done. Oh, I just, I was just looking through these jumpstart things while we were talking and I was trying to, while I was playing, I was trying to get Phyrexian towers and I just realized that they're not in the Phyrexian pack. Oh no. What are they in? They're in the minions pack. Oh really? So I, I opened the Phyrexian pack that was terrible and I never got a win with it four times. <laughs> to get Phyrexian and, towers? Yeah. Like the, the entire pack is garbage. I because had... they replace Shieldred with Carnifex Demon, and that's all you get. Like nothing else in the pack is anything. I um had Mythic Spoil. I I tweeted out a couple lists. Yeah, and then uh, I tweeted out your little the the like the color coded or the 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 shaped thing, the tier list of the of the packs. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I tweeted out a Mythic the Mythic Spoiler page. Yeah. And before I would pick a pack, I would just go look at what cards were in the packs. Yeah. And a lot of times I just picked my packs based on what was not how they went together. Yeah. But what was in the pack. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, you know, Planeswalker theme, take it. Oh, have to take elves. Cool. Yeah. I don't care how these go together. Right. I just need to have, I need a chance at, you know, Crater Hoof and Allosaurus Shepherd. Yeah. And I'll take this uh, mythic. So 
we have some land issues. Yeah, that was my biggest thing. And especially with that Phyrexian pack, like all those cards are expensive, man. Yeah. And like if you, what are there, eight lands per deck? Yeah, there are eight lands per deck. So when you squish two of them together, you get 16 lands, right? Yeah. Well, that's that's not enough lands for a limited deck. Well, I so I know on limited resources they say that maybe the right number of lands for a limited deck is sixteen, but we play seventeen, so we have enough colored sources, right? So you could have a nine-eight mana base. So maybe Wizards thought like, okay, we give everything a dual land, and now everyone has a nine-nine mana base, right? You have nine sources of each of your colors. Yeah. The problem is. When a lot of your packs have a bunch of seven and eight drops in them. Yeah. Right? You can't play a 16 land deck and put a seven drop in it. Right. Like, you 100% can't do that. Well, you can't play a 16 land deck with two six drops in it. No, you can't. Like, you just will never cast them. Like, every one of these has a six drop in it. So, every one of these is going to have two six. Every deck that you build is going to have two six drops in it. Yeah, and they're just, like, borderline uncastables. Yeah. You know, I know people have done the math, and I'm sure I could look it up. But, like, mm. in a 16-land in a deck, like, you don't hit your 6-land drop probably until turn 8 or 9. Yeah. Maybe 10. Like, somewhere yeah. in there, 8, 9, 10 is where you, like, statistically you're supposed to hit your 6-land drop. Somewhere in there, right? Yeah. Well... If you draw both your six drops, you die because you just mm-hmm. have two turns where you don't do anything. Right. And like even, you know, your odds of hitting your third land drop go down substantially. Mm-hmm. And with 16 lands versus uh, 17 lands. Yeah. So, right. That was like you said, there are a lot of times I had people scoop to me because they like or I scooped because I went like. All right, keep a two lander. Don't hit my third land. Like my opponent went like two, three, four, and it's like, yep, I'm done. Yep, game's over. Yeah, and it was like this is just more pronounced than it would be in a regular limited environment because I would have one more land to draw. Yeah, and not even like not just that though, but in a regular limited deck, you can tweak your mana base. You can like sideboard in another land in between games. You know what I mean? Like if it's not working, you can change it. Yeah, this is you're just like locked in. Yeah. And so yeah, I I don't know how it would have worked, right? Like if you go to nine lands a pack, then I think you end up in a situation where you probably have too many lands and you flood. So what if you gave each pack some way to ramp, whether it's, you know, just like a like a colorless mana rock? Uh, the archaeology one had one. Guardian yeah. Idol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had Guardian Idol. Some way to ramp or, I don't know, or just like the packs that have a higher mana curve. Mm-hmm. Right? Or that casting higher end stuff was more important. Yeah. You just put an extra land in them. And yeah. I think that making some of the changes for Arena, mm-hmm. like without changing the other cards in the pack. Oh, yeah. Right, so, hey, you got the reanimate pack. Awesome. 
Uh, we took out your one and two mana reanimation spell, <laughs> and we gave you a five mana reanimation spell. Yeah. Did you change anything else about the deck? No. no. So I'm just going to play garbage and right. hope to get to turn five and hit my fifth land Yeah. to reanimate my thing where I could have, like, you know, played Meyer Triton, flip something, and then on turn three had an eight drop. Mm-hmm. Like, but now I'm going to get my eight drop on turn five, probably turn six if I'm lucky. Right. Like some of those changes, like you said, like taking out children and putting in effects demon, which whatever. Yeah, the card's terrible. Right, like they designed the set to have reanimate and exhum, mm-hmm. and then they take the exact same pack and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna take out that card." Yeah. Or hey, your deck's supposed to have children in it. Oh, cool. Yeah, we're gonna take that out and just put in like an unplayable new Phyrexia rare. Right. That no one knows what it does. Yeah. And we're going to hope that the deck plays out the same. (laughs) But again, like the fact that they made it so it didn't matter how many losses you took. Yeah. Like kind of mitigated that, but it just ends up being an unfun experience if you just feel like your deck is non functional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there was a, like I said, every time I took the Phyrexia pack, I didn't get a win and I gave up after. I don't know, four or five tries. I just wasn't having fun and wanted to move on. Yeah. I did like the fact that they made it so you could import your decks. Super so you easy. could save them? Yeah. yeah. So I guess you can do, um, you can like challenge your friends. Mm-hmm. So in like that regard, they made Jumpstart super user friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that was, was cool. good. Like I thought that I was. Didn't, I didn't do that, but I thought it was cool. I did for a few. I have no idea when I will ever use them. Yeah. But they exist. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, like, how long is Jumpstart going to be on Arena? I mean, there's not really a reason to take it off, is there? I wouldn't think, but I feel like they cycle stuff out pretty quickly. Well, no, you know what they did say? I think it's only up for a month. I think it's only up until Amonkhet comes out. Oh, wow. Okay. That's not saying they might not bring it back, but I, I think that this particular event was only a month. Which then makes it super awkward to try to get cards you need, right? Like, then you just yeah. have to, like, burn wild cards at the altar of, you know, Allosaurus Shepherd. Like, yeah, well, but I mean, you're basically doing that now anyway. You are. True. But it's just weird that, like, hey, there's no way to get these cards. Because, like, I can pretty much, I don't know, if, I can't buy a pack of anything. But they did do like a deal where I bought like an Ixalan pack. Yeah, uh, I think today was Rivals. You could get a Rivals pack for 500 gold. Oh, well, I need. I haven't logged on today, so I'll have to get my Rivals well, you pack. You should do that. Yeah. Parenting dog. It's rough. <laughs> it's rough. All he does is like puke on us all the time. It's not good. It'll get better. <laughs> Hopefully. I think they made it really new player friendly, mm-hmm. making everything pretty low stress. Yeah, and I think that was kind of the point. Like, it was yeah. supposed to be an introductory set. It wasn't supposed to be for, you know, people like me and you to smash noobs with. So, I think we talked about this in the pre-show. that We both did the, like, the special, like, $15 yeah. for, like, $20 worth of gold or whatever, or $20 worth of gems. Yep. And that's basically all I used for... I didn't even use all of that for Jumpstart. Mm-hmm. I was using it for Jumpstart, and then I got to a point where I was just like, meh. I'm kind of done now. Yeah. 
Like, so it, it like jumpstart held my interest for like three days. And then I was like, yeah, I think I'm good now. Yeah. I think I'm in a boat. Yeah. Like, uh, I know someone I forget who was, was like, Oh, like all the games are different because there's so many different packs. And it's like, yeah, but the packs are like close enough. I think it was the professor was like, Oh, the games are different. It's like the packs are close enough. Yeah, I really didn't think all the games were different. I thought like, they all played out pretty much the same. Yeah, they all felt pretty similar. Yeah. So, also, another thing with the lands. If you're playing, you can know what deck your opponent's on based on the lands that they're playing. Right, because they're all the uh, like featured land or whatever. Yeah, so they're all the featured land. So you're like, oh, this person's playing the elf one. They either right. have Allosaurus, Shepherd, or they have Craterhoof. Yep. Oh, oh, this is one of the showcase lands. They have a plane. I had the Black Shoke Swamp. Okay. It's Lily. It's Lily. So, yep. like, you know what they're playing. You know what you have to worry about, which is also, like, super weird. Yeah. And that might be a more enfranchised player thing, like picking mm-hmm. up on, like, you know. Yeah, like, it was kind of open deck lists. Yeah, that, like, you know quarter of a win percentage of like knowing what your opponent's playing yeah but yeah that was that was also odd mm-hmm. you you messaged me and was like have you figured out how to like favorite your land in arena and i i have not i even went and googled it after you uh sent me the message i feel like that was a thing i remember talking about that at some point but I for the like life of was... me i can't figure it out and it's super annoying when you're trying to build a deck or you know, you've just imported a deck and the lands are different or whatever, and you have to go through and get rid of, you know, whatever garbage land that is pre-selected for you and have to, like, put in the one that you want. Like, the Phyrexian Swamps, sweet. I want all my swamps to be Phyrexian Swamps, except the Phyrexian Swamps all the way at the end, and you've got to scroll through all of the swamps to get to it. Yes. like They should, like, make it so you can, like, just from like a like in your settings or something these are the yeah. lands i want yeah always default to these yeah done and done i never want to have to go or like hide all the other swamps mhm i want this one if i change my mind i will go back and find a different swamp but yeah. for right now trust me i don't want to see <laughs> you know an ixalan swamp or a Dominaria Swamp. Yeah, I am good. Yeah, I really wish that was a thing. Yeah. Because, like... If any of you guys know how to do that, please let us know. Yeah. Because I usually just end up defaulting whatever whatever arena gives me. I'm like, sure, whatever. Like, I would prefer yeah. to have the John Avon land, but mm-hmm. I'm fine. Yeah. Like just because you don't want to scroll through all of them. Yeah, the 10 seconds of time that I saved, or 30 <laughs> seconds, is worth more to me than being like oh i don't like this land it's like whatever okay so jumpstart did another thing other than separating people from their gems and their wild cards and that is it changed historic substantially substantially yeah so james has been a a homebrew and fool (laughs) and he has two decks he has been successful with yep. in uh, Historic that we're going to have him talk about. Yeah, um, I was just playing best of one, just kind of messing around. Normally when I start brewing a deck, I'll just play some best of one to get the 
get the feel for it and then eventually i'll get around to building a sideboard both of these i just kept winning with so i never got around to building a sideboard for and i don't i'm not sure how you want to do this i don't think like going card by card is necessarily going to translate very well like to the listener so like maybe just put these in the description or something like links to them yeah so what i was planning on doing is we can talk about them some yeah uh, but uh you're gonna send me pictures and i will tweet them yeah. out yeah so you can find them on twitter yep. and they will and be we'll in, the discord. Put them in the discord yeah yeah so your first list here is elves it is when i realized that dwinnin's elite and allosaurus shepherd and elvish archdruid were all being newly introduced to historic that is like the uh, most of the core of modern elves like you, you are losing some pretty important pieces from the modern version but there's some reasonable replacements too and i was just kind of clowning people with this deck it just kills out of nowhere this deck i think is pretty well like set but there are two different ways you can go you can either use Allosaurus Shepherd as kind of an Azuri stand-in, where he's just like overrun on a stick and you just like build up a critical mass and then kill your opponent. But there's also like a crater hoof version where you could is it Fierce Empath is like the three mana elf that lets you tutor for something expensive. Yeah. And there's also Fauna Shaman, I think, is historic legal, which yes. kind of does the same thing. So you could use those to, you know, get a crater hoof and win via crater hoof instead. But I kind of like the beatdown version instead of the crater hoof version because we have a ton of legal uh, lords. You have uh, Elvish Clan Caller, Elvish Arch Druid, and Imperious Perfect are all like legal and historic. So out of your, you know, whatever 30 or 40 ish elves, you get to run 12 lords, which is kind of insane. Yeah. And then, like, I'm also, I put Growth Chamber Guardian in here. Um, you probably wouldn't play him in, like, a Crater Hoof version. It's a little bit better, like, in a beatdown style version because you really need a way to catch up when you're done. Like, in Elves, you're kind of vomiting your hand all at once, trying to, you know, go wide and then buff the team and kill. And Growth Chamber Guardian's kind of a way to, like, fill back up after you've put a bunch of cards out. I also have two lead the stampedes in here for the same reason. Yeah. I've seen lists where people are playing like uh, Marwin. Marwin. Yeah. I, I really didn't love Marwin. I tried her. Yeah. But they like have like, you know, one um, finale of devastation, one crater hoof. Yeah. And then can, you know, make huge mana with um, what's it called? Elvish Arch Druid and like usually like one or two Marwin to, just make a bunch of mana to go get your, you know, your, your crater hoof. Yeah. Uh, crater hoof is an interesting card to have in the format. Yeah. We talked about how, like, at some point, like, it is the best version of that card ever. I mean, it's the v- best version that that card will ever have. Yeah. Like, Big Pig is cute and all, but no. B- yeah. Crater hoof eats Big Pig's lunch. Oh. Oh, oh no! It's ETB. You could big pig in a crater hoof. Oh, we're th- we're thinking two different pigs. Yeah. Yes, uh, could... yes, we are. We are thinking two different. I was pigs. thinking end race forerunners. Yeah, and I was thinking of uh, Ilharg. Ilharg, both pigs, both big. <laughs> confusion, confusion understood. But yeah. right, like end race forerunners yeah. is like you know, 
the fixed in quotation marks version of Crater Hoof Behemoth. Right. Because it always gives plus two plus two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crater Hoof Behemoth always seems to give like plus seven plus seven to everything. Yeah. And trample and haste. Yeah. So yeah, like Elves is a deck that a lot of people have played. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen played. Yeah, um, I, I ran into a bunch of it as well. I thought it was um, funny. Like, I watched uh, a Saffron Olive video of, like, you know, 10 historic decks. Yeah. And then proceeded to play historic and just played against the entire video. I was <laughs> Those just like, 10 historic decks. Yeah, I was just like, what are you doing? Like, it was just like, oh, Saffron, Saffron uh, said, it, said it in a video, I'm in. And I was like, okay, yeah. cool. What were you playing in historic? Still, still songing people, dog. Oh, are you? Yeah, you know what? Elves can't beat me. Hit my fourth land drop. <laughs> Done. Uh, I don't. I don't know, man. I beat a bunch of song players. Uh, well, I beat some. I lost some, but if I hit my fourth land drop, I usually wasn't dead, and I would just win. Yeah. It's like you're gonna watch this, and you're gonna like it. <laughs> uh, elves doesn't interact with combo other other than deading them, and right. elves can you can definitely just dead someone on turn four. Yes. Right. So like you're on the play, they don't get to like draw their like land, their card for turn four. You just kill them, right? Right. But if they do get to make it to turn four and they get to combo off, you just watch. Yep. So it also like doesn't have any interaction. Like if they mount some sort of defense, you really don't have a great way of yeah, like taking I, care of the defense. When I was playing, like there were a few times that I like I lost to one. Because yeah. I missed the land drop, but doing stuff like playing oh, Chamber Century, mm-hmm. right? Getting a block and then like being able to ping something down. Yeah. So like I played a sh- Chamber Century, blocked, and then killed their Elvish Druid. Yeah. And so just being able to do things like that just buy time. But yeah, I was mm-hmm. just playing that. I was looking for there were no new zeros printed in <laughs> um. In Jumpstart, which I found disappointing. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? Give me something here. So you were doing that, and then you were like, you you became a different person, and you started playing- A very different person. You started playing planes. Well, while I was playing elves, I lost to only one deck more than once. And that one deck that I lost to more than once was Soul Sisters. So I said, you know what? Let's try Soul Sisters out. And this deck needs a little bit of tuning. Um, I think we were talking in the pre-show a little bit that I actually think it was when my uh, audio wasn't being recorded, so even the pre-show didn't get to hear this. But I have been messing around with this deck a little bit. I have been trying out a couple of Vito in this list, Splashing Black for Vito, just to give the deck a little bit of reach because I found sometimes, especially if you had to fight through a board wipe, um, it was hard to get back on your feet again, and I thought Vito might be a decent way to do that, give you a little bit of reach, and potentially even speed the clock up some. And a black splash for a couple cards is reasonably free. I mean, you gain a ton of life, so shock lands don't really hurt you, and you get to play um, uh, Isolated Chapel, Yeah, which is mostly free. So, I don't know. Yeah, God, I only played a couple... Isolated Chapel are free, and you're going to gain enough life yeah. anyway that you don't care about the two life from Godless Shrine. Yeah, 
I only got to play a couple games with it. I literally had fired it up right before we started recording. So that version's kind of untested, but the version that I'm going to post, I had really good luck with. I do have one flex slot in here that I was hoping maybe you could lend your your advice on. Okay. Um, but basically, the deck just runs a whole bunch of uh, like Soul Sister effects, so or Soul Warden effects. So whenever a creature enters a battlefield, you gain a life or whatever. So it runs Soul, Soul Warden, and it runs Daxos, and then stuff to take advantage of all that life, like a Johnny's Pride Mate, and Heliod, and what's the... Um, Speaker of the, the Heavens. That, yeah, the one that makes angels. The slot that I'm not sure about, I currently have Famished Paladin in. I was looking at that. Yeah, I don't know what else to put there. So in the standard decks, they play another, like, uh, it's, it's a three-drop that does the same thing as Soul, as Soul Warden. Uh, well, calling... Historic has a two-drop that does the same thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, you could probably go up on, like, Heliod's. Yeah. Because I feel like Heliod is the is your best payoff. Yeah. So you could, like, you know, trim some Famished Paladins, go up, like, a Heliod yeah. or two. I like the Resplendent Angel. Like, that's a good that's a good get. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That card's great. I don't know. I think more Heliods would be good. And then I'm trying to think of another, like, card that cares about life. Like, you know, is there a an argument for um, Healer's Hawk and Heliod as A-plus good times? Yeah, I was thinking Healer's Hawk. And it's also really good with a Johnny's Pride Mate because it gives you a way to get something in. Yeah. But I yeah I don't know of another. Yeah, but Famish Paladin. That's the like the three the, the two mana three three that un- only untaps if you gain life. Yeah. 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 It doesn't seem like it's a good enough payoff. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking that it would be like a just a good beater but that I mean, like randomly would untap and you'd have back for a blocker. Yeah. But. Like everything is kind of a good beater in this deck, and it's also like kind of combo-y, so you really don't need to be on the beatdown plan. And because it's so aggro, you you don't block. Like you're gaining so much life, and you're putting on so much pressure, you just don't block ever. Yeah, I mean, could you something like like a Danto Vanguard, like where you don't care about the four the four life that you have to pay to make it indestructible? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it'd work against like Kaya's Wrath. the The problem the deck has is like if you stumble for a turn and they get to Ugin before they die, you die. Like, there's no coming back from an Ugin because they only yeah. have to like neg two Ugin and get your whole. They board. have a giant Ugin and you have nothing. And like a Danto Vanguard doesn't live through Ugin. It doesn't fix that problem. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure, but like. I don't know, Famish, power, uh, Famish Paladin doesn't seem like it's the right power level. Yeah, it's probably not. That, Like I said, that w- that was the one slot that I wasn't quite sure what to put in there. Yeah. I mean, you could also go up in Legion's Landings. Yeah, I thought about that too. Like turning your Famish Paladins into more Legion's Landings. Like, so that- go, like go up a Legion's Landing, up a Heliod, and something else yeah because like legion's landing lets you re- rebuild from like yeah. an ugin right you know yeah. they like now they they ugin you and you're like okay make a token mm-hmm. and now like you have a thing to gain life to get you some sort of synergy right and like apply pressure because you know if you've got them to like one or two 
like maybe being able to go, you know, make a token, uh, and then, you know, be able to get that last point of damage in with that, or yeah. make them have to resweep you. Cause like that plus castle Ardenvale gives you enough stuff mm-hmm. that you can do through a sweeper. Yeah. I was also thinking because it's a two drop, like Thalia is a two drop that's legal and historic. Yeah, I know Thalia would be good. I mean, it only really, it would hurt the like legions landing plan, right? Going up on those, but having like three, going like three Thalias and like an extra Heliod. Yeah. Right now, you've slowed down Ugin by a turn. Uh, You've slowed him down more than a turn because you're also slowing down all the all the ramp spirals and stuff. Yeah. So, like, that could be reasonable. I don't know. The deck is cool, though. Yeah, it uh, definitely feels powerful, and I have not, other than the couple times I played against it with elves, where it kind of turned me on to it. I have not seen it at all. Gotcha. So, maybe a decent sleeper hit. Yeah. So the next one isn't something that you made, but it's something that you liked. Yeah. And that's Croaky's Jun Citadel list. That I think the biggest addition from Jumpstart was Phyrexian Tower. Um, I think that's the only. Yeah, I'm run through it real quick. I'm looking. Yeah, I think that's the only. Uh, and he seems to I because I, yeah. I saw him tweeting about it. He just seems to think the deck is great and that that card is just amazing. Yeah, I mean it lets you like turbo out your citadel. Yeah, because you can like sec two creatures with a priest and then sec the priest with a Phyrexian tower and then you get to play your citadel like on turn four. That deck was something that he was talking about. I think he like tweeted out that he had like an 80% win rate with it or something absurd. Yeah. I haven't messed around with the deck too much. I was, before he came up with this Jund list, he had a, just a straight Rakdos Citadel list with Phyrexian Tower in it. I was playing playing that for a little bit, and that was very good. Okay. So, but I thought this deck was, since Crokey's definitely has his uh, finger on the pulse of Arena, He's been like number one, I think, every season at some point. Yeah. I figured this was a, if you're looking to dip your toe into historic, this was a reasonable place to start or something that you need to be on the lookout for because he gets a whole bunch of views and I'm sure people are running around with this deck. Yeah. And, you know, since the only thing that you need from Jumpstart is Phyrexian Tower, if you've been playing limited Mm -hmm. in like the recent sets, you probably have a lot of these cards. Yeah. Yep. So you won't like set all your wild cards on fire trying to put it together? Yeah, almost all of them. Yeah. Like you might need to get the check lands, but... Yeah, but pretty much everything else is just stuff that standard has been legal. a standard deck, yeah. Yeah. So I think this week's arena section has just kind of been like wrapped up in everything we've talked about. Yeah, I think so. Right. Um, the one thing I would like to throw out there okay. is if you guys do have a uh, adopted deck. I think that might, might be something cool to get back into again. Yeah. So if there's any decks that you guys want, you know, our opinions on, we can certainly run them through the gauntlet for a couple of days and then talk about them on the show. I, I had a spicy meatball going in standard. It is still a ways away though. Yeah. What are you working on? You know, what's fun to do is command the dread horde, um, terror of the peaks and multiple of your opponents, uh, uh, arrows. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, 18 to guy. <laughs> uh, also, what works? another card that works well with that is uh, Kroxa. Yeah. Yeah. 
bring back like three yeah. corpses. Oh yeah. You like eighteen them. Like it's eleven damage to you, but you minimum eighteen them plus if they like they discard probably the rest of their hand and take three damage if they don't. Right. If they don't have any cards. Yeah. It was fun. It needs that some work. Sweet. It needs some work. I was I was just messing around with it. I was like, oh this is this is alright. Like get the play. What are you one. doing to get to six mana? Um, what was I doing? Uh oh, this is this is embarrassing. Uh I was playing disruption, so uh okay. uh like hand disruption? Or? Yeah. So the red black uh, not the red black, the the black agonizing remorse, is that it? Yeah. The one in the black? Yep. So yep. that um and Croxa to kind of take apart a hand. Yeah. And uh gosh, I don't think I had there's not any good ramp in standard in like yeah. red black to, to do that. Uh, I was watching an arena boys video today and they were doing using Nethroy. Okay. When, when you mutate him, he mutates for seven. So yeah. they were Abzan. Abzan. No, they were Sultai splash three terror of the peaks, but they had okay. Pelucranos and spark double. Oh, that's cute. Mithroi looks at power. Right. So if you mutate it, you get to bring back spark doubles for free. Zero, zero. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is that um, the the spark double, well, no, the spark doubles can't copy your Terror of the Peaks when they come into play, but they can copy your Mithroi's because it doesn't. So you like bring in your spark double, you know, you bring in your spark right, doubles. That's better. Doesn't Mithroi only trigger on mutate though? It does, but you still get a bunch of six six death touchers that I do believe trigger terror of the peaks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was like, maybe I should be Grixis. Cause like I had some cards that were uh suboptimal, let's say. Um Can't you spark double the terrors though and just get extra triggers? You can't because they're coming into the battlefield all at the same time. So the spark oh, okay. doubles don't see that the terrors are on there the battlefield. Go. Yeah. Gotcha. The terrors aren't there yet. Cause I was like, Oh, you just copy all the terrors. And then they did yeah. it and they could only copy Mithroids. And I was like, Oh, the terrors aren't there yet. Yeah. Gotcha. I was like, well, that's sad. Yeah. That's a weird thing. That was yeah. kind of like that thing that I sent you last night about the platinum angel. Right. Yeah. I have no, no idea. My opponent had a Platinum Angel out and like literally played the Platinum Angel the turn before I had him dead. And I stopped attacking him when he was at like negative 40-something life and then got to a point where he didn't have any cards left in his deck and he had to attack. So he swung, had to swing with the Platinum Angel, otherwise he'd kill me. I had enough blockers to kill the Platinum Angel. So like damage happened and I lost. I don't understand how that yeah. happens because if the platinum angel dies, we both have negative health and should I, be a draw. I think I I don't know if it's one of those things where like state based actions checks life totals, but hasn't cleared the platinum angel off the battlefield. Okay, so the platinum angel is on her way to the graveyard, but not there yet. When it checks to see if you have no life so since she's not in the graveyard yet she still gives her protection i'm not sure 
Yeah, I, I don't but know. But it, it sounded to me like a weird state-based actions. Yeah, I mean thing. it probably is. I'm not a judge, so because like I know to die, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You go to zero life because Logan said he had to do this against someone like in a tournament where he was like, yeah. the guy went to zero, and Logan's like, okay, go to state-based check state-based actions. You're yeah. dead. <laughs> but so I don't know if it's one of those things where like the damage is done, then state-based actions checks to see your life total. Are you alive? Is Platinum Angel dead yeah. at the same time? And Platinum Angel was on her way to the graveyard, but now you're already dead. I don't know. I would have yeah, messed it up in either. paper. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I, I wasn't living through the turn. It was either a draw or a- or you, or you, uh, it's a draw or you lost, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, if you have an arena deck for us to play, uh, I think we uh, both request that we don't play Teamer Rec. We know it's good. <laughs> yeah, I would much rather not play Teamer Rec. So, um, something besides Teamer Rec. We also know that four color reclamation is good. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't want to have to float mana through my end step. Please and thank you. <laughs> but if you got something else. Yeah. Uh, we we are game. Sure. So to get us those decks, you can tweet <laughs> us at Casual Tripod on Twitter. Yep. You can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. If you want to shoot us an email, you can do that at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Also, don't forget about our TCG affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Hit us up on Patreon if you want to hear half of a pre-show this week. And also get access to our show notes. We appreciate everybody that does that and helps to keep the show rolling, support our uh, hosting fees, and yada, yada, yada. Hit us up on Discord. We have a whole room in our Discord for the adopted decks. You can post it up in there if you want to. Also, our patrons get a special invite to our finance room where we kind of post up our finance specs a little bit before we tell everybody else. Nice little perk of being a patron, so you can look forward to that. I'm and sure there will this... be some stuff coming out with uh, Double Masters. Oh, yeah. Well, and the prices tank. I will be keeping people uh, wildly informed what needs to be done. Yeah. I am looking forward to maybe snagging a few things. This could be yeah. my chance where I get where I finally buy into, what's it called? Tron. Tron. But based on my track record... Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm still waiting on the other shoe to drop for uh, Inverter. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, might buy into Tron and then, then ban it. I mean, it's not like it hasn't <laughs> happened with Golgari Grave Troll and, uh, right. and everything else. So, yeah. If you want this the, multiple times. Yeah. If you want them to ban Tron in Modern, send me $200 and I will buy four Karns. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> Tron is gone within six months. <laughs> Probably. We can get it out. I can't imagine that cards are going to be that expensive after like a third reprint, yeah. though. If you if you want me to get them banned in three months, I'll buy some full art foil Mr. Freezes, and <laughs> uh, that'll take care of it in three months. By Christmas, we could have this deck gone. Yeah. Somewhere. We, Mar- I mean, we could probably get it gone in like a month if we sent you four full art Mr. Freezes and sent... Uh, the other Brian for full art, Mr. Freezes. Brian Gottlieb, we could we could yeah. make this happen. Yeah. There we go. Entron today. Entron today. All right, continue on with your uh, 
with your very be- much better outro than my stuff. Well, no, that was it. I was done. All right. Well, then. Yeah, we could very well. We will catch you on the internet. We'll catch you on the internet. See you guys. Okay, bye.